Welcome to Super Sunday at Evangel. Man, God brings the super. We're just natural, right? He brings the super. Uh, to it. My name is Pastor Chris. We're glad that you're here today. I'm so thankful that you're with us um, this morning. And tomorrow morning, I'm getting on a plane with a group of about 35 people from the church, and we're flying to Israel tomorrow. So uh, it's going to be a life-changing experience. Pray for us. Pray for God's protection. Uh, but church, don't worry. Your pastor's going with a camera. I'm going to bring back a lot of fun things to show you and to share with you in the weeks to come. So don't miss any Sundays uh, once we get back because I know God just is going to be speaking clearly and powerfully. And uh, keep your ears open in the future. We're going to be taking more trips in the years to come. And I hope that you'll come and just explore that and be a part of uh, stepping and walking where Jesus walked. Uh, God's going to do some main things through that. I uh, want to uh, talk to you about something about when we get back that I'm just excited about. So before we get in the Word, I want to share this with you. We're going to be kicking off a new series of messages starting on the 18th of February. And this might be um, my favorite series that we've ever done in all my time at Evangel. Um, we're calling it Fulfilled. And it's about the prophetic pictures of Jesus. Now, that's a loaded subtitle to a message series. But here's Here's what I realized when I first started to follow Jesus. I didn't know this before I came to faith in Christ. But I know about Jesus. We all know the name Jesus. We know who he is. He was born about 2,000 years ago. But what I think many don't realize is that hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born, all the way back in the Old Testament, there are these passages of scriptures that are known as prophecies that tell with great detail how Jesus would be born, how he would live, all of these details about his life, about his death, and ultimately about his resurrection. Do you know hundreds of years before Jesus walked this earth, God had already shown who he would be in the Old Testament prophecies. So we're going to take time to explore that together over a period of 40 days leading up to Easter. We're going to study six prophetic themes about who Jesus was promised in the Old Testament and how he fulfilled that promise of God. Um, and so it's going to be an amazing time. Uh, we want you to get the most out of this. And we've done something for this series we've never done before. We've actually written a book to go along with it. And this is called the Fulfilled Series Guide. You don't want to miss out on this. We have a copy for everyone that would want one. Um, but it's full color on the inside. And we've written a 40-day devotional to go along with the series. So every day you can study an Old Testament prophecy, a New Testament fulfillment in Christ, and it will lead you all the way up to Easter together. So you have that. There's also a small group guide in the back for you to be a part of small groups together. There's introductions that give you more background on each of these prophecies and each of these themes. It's, it's going to be an awesome journey together. Amen, church? Uh, so we're excited about this. You want to pick this up. Uh, they go on sale today, or they're available today, let me say, out in the foyer. We ask for a $5 donation if you're able to do that. Um, this helps us offset the cost of printing these. We wanted to make sure that we can get them into the hands of as many people as possible. So if you could donate $5 for a copy of it. That would be great. And uh, you won't regret that because it's going to be a great tool for you to take the journey together. Three things you can do to make the most of this series. It kicks off on the 18th. First, be here in person each week. Don't miss a week. Uh, each time we're going to dig into one of these themes that you don't want to miss out on. Uh, so be here in person. Invite someone to come. I really believe God's going to lead a lot of people to Christ through this because you have a lot of people that are um, they're skeptical. They don't think Jesus even really lived, let alone there are all these prophecies about him hundreds of years earlier uh, than he was born, 
but also um, invite them to come be a part of this. Pick up a guide for them. Make sure you get a guide and, and walk through the devotionals every single day and read it and just make the most out of it. Finally, don't go through this series alone. Join a small group in your bulletin today. We have sign-ups available for you to get into a group. Uh, we, we would love for you to take that step. You'll see what's available. We still are asking for some people to open their homes and lead a small group. So please sign up on that card. Drop it off after service. Let us know if you're joining a group or if you'll host a group. Amen? Amen. It's exciting stuff, right? So pick that up over now or in the next few weeks and take the journey with us as we study how God has fulfilled and Jesus has fulfilled every promise of God. Well, it's Super Sunday, and it doesn't feel very super for a Steelers fan who wanted their team to be in it, uh, but it's Super Sunday, and we're glad that you're here. Did you enjoy everyone out in the foyer celebrating with you? Can we give it up for all those that serve and greet and serve in all those different ways? But I wonder if on Super Sunday there are any fans in the house today. Are there any football fans? There's only a couple, huh? Are there any football fans like you know football? You're a true fan of football. Is there anyone? Let me see your hands. Any true fans? I see you up there in the, in the balcony. All right, I want one of you to, you pick. One of you stand up. Right there, yeah. All right, what's your name? I didn't hear that. Julian? All right, Julian standing. I need another fan. Any other true fans in the house? Right there? All right, come on, stand up. Miguel? All right, one more. All right, right there. Meme, is that you? Come on, meme. Oh, in the Jets shirt. All right. Oh, we got four. We got four fans. All right. Sorry, it's going to go to meme. I'm sorry. She's, she, she gets it. All right. So I got, I got three people standing. Where are we at? All right. I got three super fans standing, and I'm going to ask you questions. And if you win and you get the question right, you're going to get one of these prizes I have up here, okay? You're going last, meme. Uh, Julian, up there. Are you ready for your first question? No one? No, give him the answer, okay? Here's the first question I have for you. Go throw it. What's that? No, nope, nope. <laughs> Here it is. How many years must a player be retired to be eligible for the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Is it A5, B3, C6, D10? What is it? <laughs> Would you like to phone a friend? <laughs> Which one do you think? C, six, let's see, no, it's five. All right, all right, do you, want, do you want a backup question? You're gonna get one more chance, you ready? What team has the most Super Bowl trophies? Come on, man, that's, that's good, you win. I needed that, that was for me. All right, Julian, you get a copy of Facing the Giants if someone can make sure that gets up to him. It's a great movie, you wanna check it out. Miguel, you ready? All right, are we ready? All right, let's hear it for Miguel. He's going he's gonna to get this one, I think. All right, you ready? Let's go to the next question. What, by what name were the New England Patriots founded in 1959? A, New England Patriots. B, Massachusetts Patriots. C, Boston Patriots. D, Foxborough Patriots. Don't give me any help. What do you think? <laughs> Which one? D? D? Oh, no, it was C. C. All right, I'm going to give you a backup question, okay? What was the first team to win four Super Bowls in the 70s? Their quarterback was Terry Bradshaw. Steelers, yes, Steelers, yes, again. You get Tony Dungy's book. 
Let's make sure, Jess, if you could help me get that to him. Uncommon by Tony Dungy. You know, so I'm, I'm making sure everyone's meme. Are you ready? Meme's going to get this one. Let's hear from Meme. She's the best. All right, your question. What quarterback has won the most Super Bowl rings? Tom Brady, John Elway, Brad Pitt, or Joe Montana? Tom? I know, it breaks my heart, but it's true. It's true. All right. Meme, you want to go with one more? Let's see if you really know your stuff. Okay, I want to give you one more question. Final question. Which, yeah, for a brand new car, I wish. Uh, which team played the Green Bay Packers in the first ever Super Bowl? Was the Kansas City Chiefs, the Detroit Lions, the Los Angeles Rams, or the Harlem Globetrotters? <laughs> which one do you think? The Chiefs, you got it. Man, she knows it. The Chiefs. If someone can make sure that gets to Meme here, Andre, if you could help me out. That's for you. So Meme is the genius. She didn't get any wrong. She schooled everyone. Uh, thank you to everyone. Come on, let's give them a round of applause, the super fans. I'm a fan. I have my jersey up here, my Antonio Brown jersey. I'm not wearing it because I'm sad that they're not in this. They're not in it. Um, but maybe next year. Maybe next year. Uh, but I want to talk about being fans. I mean, we're here and we're talking about, you know, it's Super Sunday. Um, there are fans and then there are your diehard fans. I think you know about the fans when a team gets hot and they're winning and then everyone's on their bandwagon. Uh, there's a lot of fans. Then when it's going pretty difficult, any Jets fans in the house today? When it's tough, there's still some Jets fans. You're still with them, even if the, even if the season's not going well, right? Uh, you, man, you're really following the team. And I really believe there's a difference between fans and followers. And we're going to look at that a little bit in God's word today. And I want to just talk to you about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, not just a fan of Jesus. And uh, we're going to take that journey together. So, Lord, open our hearts today and open your word so that we can hear and receive everything that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, if you have your Bibles, would you open with me to John chapter 6? In John chapter 6, there's this incredible moment in time where Jesus performs one of his many miracles that caused many people to come and follow him. And we see that Jesus had been gaining a lot of, uh, a lot of followers, a lot of fans, uh, right around this time because there were a lot of miraculous things he was doing. It says in John 6, first two verses, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him. There are these moments where you see this great crowd of people following Jesus. And the crowd is full of fans of Jesus. We see the crowd get at to its largest by John chapter 12, when they're standing and lining the streets and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then by the end of that week, the fans turn into a different kind of crowd, a mob. And they start crying, crucify him, crucify him. Those don't sound like anything but fair weather fans to me. They're excited because Jesus is doing the miraculous. But in just a few days, they turn around. They desert him. They turn from him. They cry, crucify him. But there's a great crowd of people that are following Jesus. Why? The end of verse 2 says, because they saw the miraculous signs he performed on the sick. Jesus gained a following because of his supernatural ministry. 
And I think that there's many reasons why people can be attracted to Jesus even today. That it's like, yeah, we're fans of him. We know him. We like him. Um, we go as far as to say on a shirt, he's my homeboy, right? Jesus is my homeboy. Like, I, I, I'm familiar with him. He's, uh, you'll see people that will wear, you know, a cross on their neck. And it's like, yeah, it's about Jesus. But, man, our lives look a whole different way. It's like, is it really? Um, we've seen Christianity and, and this idea of just following Jesus, loving Jesus, um, man, it can turn into just someone being a fan from afar, but really never following him with their lives. Jesus realized this, and he continued to make sure that he could kind of divide the fans from the followers, if you would say. And we see it happen here in John chapter 6, where Jesus feeds the multitudes. He has this miraculous meal. He takes a young boy's lunch, and he multiplies it. He takes five uh, loaves of bread and two fish, and he turns it into enough to feed um, what scholars would estimate to be 10 to 12,000 people with women and children involved, all sitting down, fed, and then at the end, there are 12 baskets full of provision left. I mean, God is a God who provides. Jesus shows us that, man, don't limit God. Don't think he can't do it. Don't think he can't stretch it. If you trust him with a little, watch what he does. How many of you have seen that in your own life? He stretches it. He multiplies it. That's what he's doing in this moment. And when that happens, everyone's excited. Everyone's eating. Everyone's loving it. So the crowd is there. Well, Jesus, he just kind of leaves the crowd. He's not as impressed with the fans as we are. We love to have fans. We, think, we, we measure status by that. Jesus, he wasn't about the fans. He just kind of retreated from them. He goes off by himself, and then his disciples catch up with him. He's over on the other side of the sea. Uh, by the way, he walks on water in between that moment in time. Um, but then the crowd see him. They realize where he goes, and they go, and they find him. So the same crowd that was fed is now surrounding Jesus again in John chapter uh, 6. And they're excited. Like, hey, we want to hear from you. We're here. And, and Jesus is like, you're not here because you really care about what I have to say. You're here because I fed you some bread, and you were full. That's what Jesus literally says to them. He said, you're fans. You're fans. But do you really want to understand what it means to follow me? And Jesus begins to tell them what it means to follow him. And guess what happens? They thin out. And it says, many say, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? And they just begin to leave. So we see the fans start to back off. We see them start to move. Well, Jesus has this way, though, where, where people, you see people that are fans become followers. You see where people begin to move from that place of wanting to know about Jesus to really wanting to follow him for real. One of those is found a few chapters earlier in John chapter 3. If you have your Bible open, turn there with me. There's a man named Nicodemus who's a Pharisee who's one of the Jewish ruling council members, and he comes to Jesus at night. And this is what he says in verse 2. He said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God because no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing unless God were with him. He says, we've seen it. We know that you're from God. But here's what Jesus says back to him. He says, I tell you truly, no one can enter heaven. No one can come to me unless they are born again. Jesus begins to tell him what it would really mean to follow him, what it really would mean to walk after him. And he says, you must be born again. And Nicodemus is like, born again? Like, what does that mean? This is like the first use of this phrase that many of us have maybe become accustomed to in our day and age as a, as a term being used to describe someone who has come to know Jesus. 
must be born again. He's like, I can't be born out of my mother's womb again. What are you talking about? And Jesus was talking about a spiritual process, not just a physical one, where you actually put your faith and your trust in Jesus, where you come to him and where you become literally a new creation, as the Bible says, as you completely dedicate your life to him and you ask him to come and forgive you of your sins and give you that brand new life. Jesus said, I'm the only way for that to happen. This is the only way. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son as the only way, truth, and life for us. Jesus says in, John, in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, you have to enter through the narrow gate. There's no other way. Broad is the gate and, and narrow is the way that leads to destruction. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. Very few find it. Jesus is continually trying to help people see from the fans in the room to the followers. Man, I'm the only way for you to find the life that you've been looking for. And I think about those that spend so much of their lives running after riches, running after success, running after fame, whatever it is they're running after, and they don't find it. Even though they get everything they thought they ever wanted, they don't find the life that they really need. They don't find fulfillment. You know, that happens in, in sports teams and among athletes. And, and for both the teams that are playing today, anyone rooting for the Patriots tonight? One person, one person back here. Where's Chris at? He, yeah, he left. He was, you don't want to be a distraction to me, right? You know, God wouldn't bless that message with you being up here with that Brady jersey on. No. So we got to go. Who's rooting for the Eagles? Anyone? Oh my God's people here. This is good. No. Um, but here's what's amazing is that you look at the two teams with the most Christians on those teams. It's the Eagles and the Patriots in all the NFL. In that order, there are more Christians on the, on the Eagles than the Patriots, I'm just saying. So if you want to decide who God wants to win tonight now. Um, but there's something beautiful happening in locker rooms all across America, in sports teams. Men that are signing million-dollar contracts, multi-million-dollar contracts, are coming to faith in Jesus because they're realizing something still isn't satisfied within them. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but there is a revival that's breaking out in the locker room of the Philadelphia Eagles. Their, their, their quarterback, Carson Wentz, is a, is a believer in, in Christ, and many others on the team, as you'll come to find out, are believers in Jesus. And I want you just to take a few moments. Is that all right? I want, us, I want you to hear directly from them. I have some video footage here sharing from Philadelphia Eagles players talking about what it means to follow Christ, what he means to them, but also Carson Wentz describing a moment in his life uh, in this season that really turned for the worse, and many of you know what that's about. So take a look at this, and it's going to set us up for the rest of our message. You see, in the midst of one of his greatest challenges that he's ever walked through, I mean, this team was just flying towards victory in every way, and their star quarterback goes down. And in the midst of all that, all he's doing is looking to Jesus, asking him, trusting him. And God's still been growing them in the midst of that and leading them through. Here's what I, here's what I want to challenge us with. That what really tests us, whether we're fans or followers of Jesus, is how we go through the adversity, the challenges that we face. And I think many of us, we suffer from this, this syndrome that I'm going to call conditional Christianity which means I will follow Jesus until dot, dot, dot. I will obey him until dot, dot, dot. And when that, when those dots get filled in for you, it's like, who is Jesus? What is he? What, like, you're just done. You're done, and you, you'll follow him as long as things go the way you desire for them to go. But I want you to know God's love for you is unconditional. 
Let your love for him be unconditional. Watch what he does. And to see this, and I think there's three things, there's three kind of bullets I just want to give you that will help you move from, from that place of conditional Christianity and just being a fan to truly being a follower of Jesus. And it's these three things. I'm going to start with this. It's seeking Jesus. Will you seek him at all times? Will you seek him in the morning? Will you seek him in the evening? But will you seek him in the good times? And will you seek him in the bad times? Did you hear what Carson said? As he was laying there, not thinking about his future, not thinking about his team, not thinking about the win, not thinking about his career, all he's thinking about is Jesus even in his greatest adversity. It's hard to do that, isn't it, church? It's hard to keep looking to him, even when we're in the midst of pain, even when we feel disappointed, even when we're frustrated. This is how we move, though. Keep seeking him. This man, Nicodemus, sought Jesus. He sought him out, and he found him. God promises, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me every single time. And I want you to know this. If you're searching for the truth today, if you're searching for God today, if you seek him with all your heart, you know who you're going to find? Jesus. Jesus, because he said, I'm the only way, I'm the only truth, I'm the only life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So if you're looking for truth today and you don't yet know Jesus, I hope that you'll take the opportunity to get to know him, seek him, and find God as you do. So this happened. The second thing that needs to happen if you seek Jesus second is you need to surrender your life to God's plan for your life. I want you to, you might have a plan for your life. Your parents might have a plan for your life. Your spouse might have a plan. But I want you to know the God who created the heavens and the earth, he has a plan for your life. He has a plan and a purpose. And the number one purpose that you have in this life is to know him and be in relationship with God. And as that happens, and as you learn what it means to surrender, not to just have conditions on your relationship with God, conditions on what that looks like, but you fully surrender yourself to him, man, you'll see God do in and through you more than you could ever imagine. And what surrender really looks like isn't, isn't just holding back and holding on. It isn't, it isn't just kind of being defeated in any way. It's really giving yourself to the one who has all the victory in his hands. I want to be able to show you another, uh, another short video that kind of tells you a little bit about surrender. And uh, it talks about it from the perspective of some NFL players and what they walk through when it comes to surrendering and how they've had to learn to surrender their lives to Christ. So why don't you take a look at this and you'll see some more players that share some of their testimonies. There's no covering like the, the covering of Jesus Christ over your life. There's no better point of surrender than surrendering yourself completely to Jesus. And for some of you today, you've been standing on the fence. You know what you need to do. You've heard it. You've learned it. But today is the day of salvation for somebody. Today is the day of surrender and fully becoming a follower of Jesus. So don't stand on the fence any longer. What if you could make in these moments right now a decision that will change your life forever? I'm not talking about church, and I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a real, living, breathing relationship with Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to make that decision, even right now, in this moment, before we move any uh, further in our service. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? And in the quietness of this room, and in the quietness of this moment, I want to invite you to make this decision from the bottom of your heart. Today, you alone know where you're at with God. Some of you, you felt like you've been standing on the, on the fence. You've been sitting on the bench. You've been hiding in the background. But the Lord has been trying to get your attention because he wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to follow him wholeheartedly. And so today, if you could hear the sound of my voice, and you know that's you, you want to fully surrender your life to Jesus. You want to accept him as your Lord and Savior and, and begin to really commit yourself to follow him for real. 
If you're within the sound of my voice and you're ready to say yes to Jesus, you're ready to make a decision to follow Jesus with your life, I want you to lift your hand right where you're sitting. I'm going to pray for you. If that's you, just lift your hand up. No one's looking around. Don't worry about the person on your left or on your right. But if that's you, I want to pray for you. So just lift your hand. I see you in the balcony. I see a few hands going up. Is there anyone on the main floor? If that's you, just lift your hand up. Amen. I see your hands in the balcony, hands on the floor here. Praise God. Praise God. Anyone else? Amen. I see your hand as well. Their hands going up around the room right now. If you're watching online, just reach out to God even right now where you're sitting. I, I don't see you, but the Lord does. Amen. There are hands that have gone up all around the room today. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. Say these words with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and forgive me of my sins that have separated me from you. Today I surrender my life to you and I commit to follow you all of my days. Lord, I believe that you came and that you died and that you rose again for me. And today, Lord, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Lord, I pray for those that have lifted their hands today, those that have made this decision to follow you, Lord. Would you come and by the power of your resurrection, Lord, would you give them a brand new life? Would they feel the weight of their sin? And Lord God, all these things lift off of them. May they feel free to follow you, Lord God, into the incredible plan and purpose you have for them. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we celebrate with all that God is doing in the hearts of those that responded? Praise God. Listen, if you said yes to Jesus today, I want you to take one more step right now. Pull out your cell phone and uh, open it up. And I want you just to send a text message to us to let us know that you made that decision. And we want to send you some free resources to help you grow in your faith. Um, just text the number uh, 908-325-5163 or dial that in and just send the word Jesus. And that lets us know that today you made a decision to follow Jesus and it'll help us uh, send you right back something that'll help you grow in your journey with him. Amen. Amen. We're excited for what God's doing. Again, just take a moment and do that right now if you made that decision to follow him. I told you that there were three things, and I gave you two of the steps. First is to seek Jesus if you want to move from being a fan to a follower. The second is that you have to surrender to God's plan for your life, and I pray that you'll do that. If, whether you've been following for a while or just, just a few moments, that you'll surrender to his plan for your life. But the final one that I want to share with you is this. It's steps of obedience. It's taking steps of obedience that God puts before you. And you need to obey him then. Now begin to walk with him. And each step is a step of obedience towards what God desires for you to do. There will be challenging times. I, I love by the end of John 6 where Jesus is looking um, at his disciples. I told you the whole crowds they've left. And Jesus begins to see his disciples. And in verse 67, when everyone else had left and just his disciples are standing there, Jesus asked them this question. Do you not want to leave too? Do you? You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the, the 12, and, and I love what, what Simon Peter says to him in verse 68. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. You know what that's saying? It's saying this, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm all in. And he wasn't afraid to fall by the winds and the waves. And we see that everyone falters. And even Peter faltered towards the end of Jesus' life. But there's this moment where he just says that. Where else will I go? 
Have you decided to follow Jesus like that? Have you decided, Lord, I have decided to follow you? There's no turning back. Well, it takes steps of obedience then in that relationship. And the first one, if you've said yes to Jesus, is to be baptized. That's the next step for any follower of Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself commands us to be baptized. He said, go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So this is a baptism Sunday. It's a day to celebrate those who are publicly declaring, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not sitting by any longer. We had some that were baptized that have grown up in this church. They're in their adult years. They have children. I love seeing a mom. She gets up and just realizes, I've never been baptized. I'm ready. Today's the day. That's the day for someone else as well. We're going to take time in just a few moments, and we're going to be seeing many get baptized, and we're, we're just excited for that step that you're going to take. And I, I want more than those that have just signed up. Any person that's willing to take this step forward, God is going to meet you. It's your first step of obedience in living out a changed life is to be baptized if you've never been baptized before. So take that step. Take it seriously uh, with the Lord. And as we see this, this is a part of living out that life that we're talking about. I told you revival is breaking out in the Eagles locker room. It's, it really is. This year, this season, they've seen eight players come to faith in Jesus Christ in their locker room. I loved uh, what I saw in the news. It made national headlines a few months ago when they went down and they were in a hotel um, staying there, getting ready to play the Carolina Panthers. It made the news that all the Eagles players are headed down to the pool because they were baptizing one of their wide receivers. Look at this. Because he, he didn't want another moment to go by. He didn't want even that game to be played. He wanted the world to know he's a follower of Jesus. <clears throat> this week, just a few days ago, we have this quarterback. Carson Wentz goes down. Everyone's wondering. The Eagles are done. Their season's over. Nick Foles is their backup quarterback. Nick Foles is a believer in Jesus. He's taking them all the way to the Super Bowl. And as they're doing press week and they're asking all these questions, Nick, what are you thinking? And what are your aspirations now? Carson's the main guy here. Where are you going? What do you want to do? They come to find out Nick's going back to school. Nick has enrolled himself at Liberty University. You know why? Because Nick said, I want to go and be a pastor after this is all over. I want to go into ministry. I want to go pour into the next generation. Someone that's reached this, they're getting ready to play on the biggest stage of their life. That's what's making the news yesterday and Friday. How he wants to go and follow God in ministry. You know why? Because it's all about steps of obedience, church. It's all about following God and what he puts before you next. So for many, their next step today is to be baptized. Is it your next step? If it is, don't let anything stand by. We have shirts, we have um, pants, we have everything, and we don't have another service. So we will be here as long as we need to be here to baptize as many as need to get baptized. Amen? Amen. So we're going to be celebrating that in just a few moments. This isn't the close of the service. I hope that you will hang out for just a few more moments and celebrate with us as we are seeing people take this next step of obedience. And let's all stand to our feet. And those that are being baptized today, if that is you, if you've signed up, or if you're ready, step out of your seat right now. You can head out and start to get ready in church. Let's cheer with them. Let's celebrate with them as they're making that step. We're going to sing a song of worship, and we're going to meet, be up in the baptismal tank. I just ask everyone to hang out here, uh, wait so you can celebrate with us as we're baptizing. And if at any time God stirs your heart, step out of your seat and get signed up as well. We want to be able to baptize you today as well. God bless you. Let's worship the Lord, and let's prepare our, let's prepare our hearts together. Amen.